Uh, the Gideon ministry started 121 years ago. Today there's over 200,000 active Gideons uh, worldwide and there's over 100,000 women's auxiliary. These are wives of Gideons. Uh, as was mentioned, the Gideons are made up of groups of uh, business men that have a common interest in serving the Lord and, and uh, we work in conjunction with local churches just like this. So uh, you may not think of it uh, every day, but you are an integral part, and without you, the Gideon ministry would, really would not exist. Uh, the, as you know, the, the Bibles are placed in various places, hotels, motels, uh, doctor's offices, hospitals, jails, prisons, uh, schools, colleges, uh, nursing homes, military recruitment centers, and others. And uh, I know that it, I have a this Bible, I know that all of you are familiar with it. If you've stayed in uh, motels and doctor's offices and stuff, you'll see this. Uh, this is a Bible that's uh, commonly placed. And then the Testaments. Uh, this Testament and the Testaments are colored. Uh, they're provided in different colors for a reason uh, to, to match different things. The white ones go to, uh, to those in the medical field, the nurses and such. The red ones are usually given to uh, uh, fifth grade, sixth grade. Uh, and so the, these Bibles uh, are, are placed uh, to share God's Word. That's the sole uh, reason for doing that. As of April of 2015, uh, the milestone of 2 billion Bibles was reached by the Gideon ministry. And we're currently re working toward the 3rd billion. And there's a history that goes that I'm not going to get into that goes with in detail of uh, and you can do the math on how many Bibles it would take to, you know, to, to, to get out there in the timeline. Uh, but over 121 years, as of April uh, 2015, which is five years ago, uh, we went over two billion Bibles, and that's great. Over the, <clears throat> the last two weeks, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know that I'm blessed uh, by not doing it, but normally I'm not real uncomfortable talking in front of people. And sometimes my wife says, maybe I talk too much. Although she didn't say that when we first got married. But I, over the last two weeks, I've been awakened at night. And God's laid it on my heart. To, I'm going to do something different than I've done in the past in the Gideon ministry. Uh, there's two words that, that come in the middle of the night to me. And one of them was anxious. And the other one was peace. And, and as I would wake up and these two words would come in my mind, then this day, this moment right now was there. And I said, you know, God, what do you, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? So I'm going to begin with this. Anxious, the first word, it says characterized. This is a definition in the English language. The, the definition of anxious is characterized by extreme uneasiness of mind, or brooding fear and some contingency. We can call this worry or worrying. That's evident in our world today. Uh, we talked about it. It was mentioned here. We're dealing with something that's an unknown that we're scared of, we're fearful of. And also the word peace. And these are, are polar, you know, these are opposite. Anxious and peace. The two different things. Uh, the word peace, the definition in English language is freedom from disquieting, or oppressing thoughts or emotions, and also a state of security or order within a community 
provided for by law or custom. Now you, you just keep in mind as, as I go on and, and talk about what I want to share this morning and what God's laid on my heart, uh, and I want to try to tie this in to how, how is this part of the Gideon ministry. Uh, there's two scriptures. As, as these words came into my mind, there's two scriptures, one in the New Testament, one in the Old. The first one is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And then the other, the other verse that come to me, and I know someone mentioned this morning, Job. Uh, there's, there's probably no human being that's ever lived on earth that was ever persecuted more or, or subjected to uh, excruciating pain and mental anguish than Job. And, and we find in the, the 22nd verse, or the 22nd chapter of, verse of Job, verse 21, it says, Submit to God and be at peace with Him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Uh, so, these two words, anxious and peace, and then these two scriptures have come to me and have been in my mind for two weeks, and I'm sharing them with you this morning. There's a testimony. You know, within the Gideon ministry, uh, and, and I'm sure many of you have heard this, uh, there's testimonies, there's literally thousands of testimonies of people that have been affected directly by the Word of God through a Gideon Bible. And uh, one of them, there's a young woman, she's a single mother that lives in Montana. Uh, she has lost her, her job, her income, and she had no immediate family around, and the devil uh, told her she's worthless. You know, she, ha she has no promise of a future. And, and this goes on. She dealt with this, uh, the mental anguish, and she was in physically just distraught. And she came to the point that she was, to she was going to take her life. And, and uh, she had a, a, a gun. She stepped into a closet. And, and in the dark of that closet, she was crying. And this is her, her testimony. She was crying, and she cried out to God and said, God, if you are real, and if there's any reason I should not do this, Tell me. And the instant that she said that she spoke those words, her son broke through the door yelling, Mama, Mama, look what I've got. Look what I got at school today. And said she instantly uh, put the gun aside. She got out of the closet. She was wiping her tears, trying to compose herself. You can just picture her son coming through the house. She found, he, he found her in the bedroom, and he had one of these little testaments. And he said, Mama, look what Mr. Gideon gave me today at school. And, uh, and she said, we sat down on the bed, and through, the, through her tears, she began to read a little bit of this and read it to him, and then they continued to read it. And from this, she, was, she gained the strength to reach out, uh, and she started making friends with people in a church. And she got guidance from a pastor uh, and others that was a, a church just like this that was able to share her and guide her 
And so she went from the brink of doing something that none of us think what we'd ever do to her life now has hope. So she went from anxious to peace. Uh, and this wasn't because of man. Yes, sir, this was because of God. He reaches out. Another testimony. Uh, in February of this year, 2020, there was a man shared that he had, he had just experienced the worst week of his life. Uh, and he, he's a younger man, and he said that he had had opportunities to receive uh, a, a Gideon Bible. He had been where Gideons had been passing out Bibles in the past. He had always deterred. He didn't want it. Uh, he, he did not have time for God. He did not want, uh, want to have anything to do with it. But this particular day, and he said that this, he, had, he had just gone through one of the, about the worst time of his life, there was a Gideon that was handing out testimony, testaments, and the last one that he had that day, he had it in his pocket, and he had prayed, he said, God let me find the right person to give this to. And as this man, uh, this young man that didn't want a Bible was coming out, this guy stepped in front of him, and, and he took it. And then from, as soon as he took it, he says that, that something, something stopped him. And he said, we began to talk. And he said, this Gideon, this man, he said, I couldn't tell you his name, but he, he shared with me and he talked to me. And he said, it was just like, just like something come over me. And then he said, I took this book and he said, I started reading. And from that, then he started uh, reaching out and seeking answers to the questions that he was finding in this book. Now this young man was educated. Uh, uh, it wasn't that he was illiterate or anything about it. He had a good head on his shoulders, but he didn't have God. And soon as he, soon as he made this connection and this Gideon, and, and so in his testimony is that he thanks this man and for God giving this man the wherewithal to do what he did and to make sure that he got that testament because he said it changed his life it, and, and changed him from uh, the path that he was going down. Now, if you would, raise your hand. And I want you to look at your hand. And I want you to think about your hand. Did you know that there's absolutely not nothing, there's nothing in this room right here today and there's nothing on this earth that has not been touched and created by the human hand. There's nothing. Now you think about it. There, there, and you think about the task that you do every day. And you can put your hands down. But what, what, the reason that I'm sharing this with you is that in our hands is hope. And in our hands is power. And in, in, our, in our hands, we can do things that no other animal, there's nothing else created on earth, that has the human hand and that can do the things of the human hand. Uh, I read recently that uh, archaeologists are always digging up stuff. We know that dinosaurs existed. We know that Neanderthals existed. Did you know that the hand of a Neanderthal, the thumb was placed different? And so scientists have determined that because of this placement that they would not have the fine motor skills that we have today. Someone in Sunday school, a lady mentioned something about how hard it is to thread a needle. 
And, uh, and it is, isn't it? Uh, without that thumb, and I have a friend that lost his thumb to a, to a table saw, and I know my brother Paul has got close to that. He scared me many times, as my dad did. Uh, and, 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 and how he struggles to do things. Try tying a shoe without your thumb. Try buttoning your shirt without a thumb. Uh, the hand is made in such a way that it can do things that no other animal can do. And you, you take the human hand connected to a brain that God give us to, we have the ability to think and reason and do stuff that, that, not, that no other animal on earth has ever been able to do. The Bible tells me that God created us in His image. And throughout the Bible it talks about the hand of God. And, 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 a, and we, we can read in the New Testament how Jesus touched things. And how uh, when, when He broke uh, the bread and stuff and distributed it to the thousands from just a little bit. And in the miracles that He performed, it talks about Jesus touching things. Uh, and then you think about this. Whenever you were born, what is the first thing that touched you? Human hands. And then as you were growing up, uh, and your mother wiping your nose and feeding you and teaching you. And, uh, and I'm reminded, uh, I'm reminded this week, I have a two-year-old granddaughter, and it's hard to get her slowed down at, at noon sometimes for lunch, but if we can get her set in the chair and we go to pray, she'll tell me, she said, Grandpa, you put your hand like this. You, you, you put your hand like this, Grandpa. She tell me. She's talking about her hands. And, and I remember watching little ones, my little grandkids, as you first put them Cheerios on a tray when they're a year old and watch them. What do they do? It's hard for them to do it. And before long, they master that skill. And by the time they're two, they can do anything. They'll take your phone and work it. So uh, God, God created us for a reason. And I want you from, from this day forward, I hope that none of you ever forget about how special you are or, or how special your hands are. And man, I have, I, I have abused mine. I'm sorry. I, I've been terrible. I've hit them. Uh, I've got cuts and stuff and now, uh, you know, arthritis. But still, I, every day I am so thankful for my hands. And uh, not too long ago, I had an opportunity to talk to a young man that was studying prosthetics. And, and, he, and he was talking about, you know, they do some miraculous things for our veterans and for people that have lost limbs for, through accidents in one reason or another. And, and I, I had a chance to talk to him about the hand. And he talked about how difficult, even with the advancements that science has made and all of the amazing things that we can do, we still cannot make a human hand do what God made it to do. So, as you go about your life from now on, and every day that you, you get up and you think that I don't matter, yes you do. Because not only did God give you a hand, He also made it unique. There's no other hand anywhere in the world of all the billions of people that live, those that's died and those that will be born, those that's being born today that have a hand exactly like yours. Fingerprints, we're all different. You think about it. Is that, is that by accident? Did we just evolve? I think not. Uh, this, was, this come about because of a God that created us for a purpose. 
And that purpose is to share. You know, the, the, two, of the, the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The other one is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the Gideon ministry is about. We love God and we love our neighbor. And, and if that means uh, distributing Bibles, distributing the Word of God to make them aware and to give them the same opportunity that we have, that, that's what we need to be. That's what, that's what we're about. Uh, that's how, that's how what, what God laid on me uh, and how this deviates from just sharing testimonies and, and, and just uh, talking uh, about stuff that I've rehearsed so much. God took me totally out of my comfort zone this week, uh, the last two weeks. And, and through my mind, he was, he was giving me what he wanted me to say. And, you know, whether it's right or wrong, and I, I hope that, uh, that you're okay with it, but uh, it, it's, it's been such a uh, journey for me. Uh, I want to share with you before I close uh, something from our, our international chaplain uh, that I read. His name's Mark Johnson. Uh, he's the international chaplain, chaplain for the Gideon Ministry. Uh, he shared that, as we all know, that this virus is affecting the world, but it's no new thing. And he reminds us that in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, it says, there is no new thing under the sun. Uh, I can remember uh, my grandpa talking about old things and then, and then how, how he reminded me that, or us as we were growing up, that uh, you know, just, beso- just because something is happening and it's gone doesn't mean that it, it won't come around again. And, and I, I think what he was really trying to do is get us to learn from what was going on. You know, we can learn from history. You know, they say history repeats itself, and we see evidence of that in our lives uh, today, uh, how we're, we're trying to repeat things that's happened. The bad part about that is, is that we don't always learn and just repeat the good things, is that we sometimes have a tendency to repeat the bad from generation to generation. But remember that there's no new thing under the, God, under the sun. God's not surprised by this virus. And if you'll read history just a little bit, you'll see that this is not the first virus, that this is not the first affliction that's been under man. And I know I, I, I've heard people say, well, why, why would a loving God do this? Why would he... Uh, why would he uh, Put this on the people. We have to remember, let's take us back to where God give us the ability to think and reason so we make choices. And in those choices figures in someone else in this picture and that's called Satan. So as sin enters in and the choices we make, this all ties together. Uh, okay, are you, I'm not saying that just because we sin that God's affecting us with a virus. But as you, if you'll read history and you can read history of the Bible, we see how people, as they dealt with situations, if they turn to God, we, we have evidence of the outcome. If, and we see evidence of those that did not turn to God, and we can see the outcome. So, uh, we're, you know, in today, right now, here in Poto, Oklahoma, we're given a choice. 
we can either hide in fear, we can run, uh, we can throw up our hands in, in uh, anxiousness, or we can turn to God and we can find peace uh, in Him helping us deal with the current situation, with what's going on. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 58 and 59 says, If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, we skip then, it says, Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. God is not surprised by our current pandemic. He is interested in how we as Christians will respond to this and trust in Him. Remember, God's always with us. Now, to finish up, you can say, well, how, how can I, you said that I'm a part of the Gideon ministry. How can I do that? Well, through your prayers. Uh, I mentioned a needle. I want to talk about just needle and thread. You think of a needle, the Gideon, me, and I think there's eight other ones in here, and I know they're all critiquing me. The Gideon is the very point of that needle. The body of that needle, the strong part, that actually goes through the cloth to make the hole, is the Gideon's together as a whole. What about the thread? The thread that actually ties it together, that sewed the buttons on my shirt, that puts it together. The thread of life. That's you. That's, that's the churches. That's the Christian people. You're the thread that actually ties the Gideon ministry together and makes it work. That so, through prayer, prayer, pray for the Gideon ministry. Pray for the, the, uh, the ability to get into places and, and deliver Bibles. Not just abroad, but in the United States of America, we have a need for Bibles today, for people to see and hear the Word of God. And then... Uh, the Gideon card ministry, and I didn't bring those up with me, but I know that they're here uh, the, in recognition of, in memory of, in honor of. Those are all ways that you can participate uh, in the Gideon ministry through giving. But your financial gift uh, is instrumental in purchasing these Bibles. This Bible costs the, the Gideons about $5 to produce and, and get uh, about $1.50 for the testament, so and a, and a good thing, every penny that you give uh, toward this actually goes for the production and distribution of these Bibles. Uh, so, again today, I hope you can make sense of of what I had to share. I tried to lay out exactly what God asked me to do, uh, and tonight I'll sleep. Uh, I haven't in two weeks, but tonight I'll sleep. I bet you. Uh, so, church, again, thank you so much. And pastor, uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come uh, and, and speak to you this morning. And uh, God bless you.